Coming from the Caveman Studios in Buffalo, New York. Welcome to Caveman Corner with your host, Jeff. Captain Caveman! Thanks. Click subscribe and the bell. Do it now! Hello, Ashley. Hello, how are you doing, Professor Ashley? Good, how are you? Good. I like the Thank video, you for the free on. video. You like that? Oh, of course. Yeah, I, it was great. I made, I made that just so you have the first ever Caveman's Corner intro. Oh, dang. For yeah, me, I thanks. That today. I was going to put the... <laughs> Ray's already laughing. I was going to put us doing the fist bump in there, but... uh. Like it's not a very good picture of you, so like I, it's just the back of you. It's hard to tell it was you. Ah, uh, it's fine. I mean, I feel like everybody knows me from my hair, so I think people yeah. would have probably knew it was me. And then if I put the mic one in there, you'd be mad because you don't let them come on there. Oh, the mic one. I know. Uh so you when I first met you, I think you were blue belt, right? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think so, probably. Um. I had like started um, doing jujitsu like right before. Sorry, my cats are probably gonna make an appearance. They like awesome. anytime I'm on like face like FaceTime or work meetings, they always like trickle in. Okay, stop. Um, <laughs> so um, when I first started training, it was right around the time um, that Victory, the old Victory and um, WNY like merger happened. It was like right when I started like kind of knowing what jujitsu was and thinking about doing jujitsu. So I might have met you then, probably as a white belt, honestly. But yeah, I probably sure. like actually talked to you more once like we were in the other building and I was a blue belt. Yeah, I uh I started there when we were upstairs still. And then mm-hmm. I helped with the move to downstairs. So I started like right after that move after New Year's. When yeah. Victor jumped in. Yeah. Yeah. And then at first I thought you were a man, so I was scared of you. I was scared to talk to you. <laughs> it's so funny. That used to happen all the time, especially because back then I had a little bit longer hair. Mm-hmm. And her hair was probably oh, her hair is actually longer too now, because now we kind of almost have a similar haircut again. Yeah. Um, but her hair was naturally red. And I remember everybody used to like come up to me and then because I was still really new there, so not a lot of people knew me, but they would like like, oh hey. Or like they would ask me about like Rick and I'm like, what, who are you talking about? And then, then I like put two and two together that everybody used to always think I was her and like vice versa. <clears throat> Cause we both had red hair and it was a little bit longer back then, but. I didn't know man's at the time either, but I knew like everyone was scared of her. They're like, don't run with her. She's crazy. Like she <laughs> known for, that was back when she was in the hardcore running phase. Oh yeah. She is like nuts. She did like that hundred mile race or something too i could never even dream of that i can't even like get myself to do a 5k <laughs> i did the marathon that was pretty tough i did it with her actually yeah yeah, yeah. almost made four and a half that's impressive that's good i i used to like running unfortunately i can't run anymore because my knees are just too bad and my cartilage is pretty much non-existent so now i like peloton and bike instead you should make mike carry you <laughs> yeah mike hates running more than i think anybody like he'll run like when he's getting ready for tournaments but like the whole time like leading up to him even just going out for a run it's just like constant complaining about how much he hates running (laughs) so what's it like to go from white belt to black belt as a woman i'm that's something i really have no experience with 
Yeah. Um, it's a really interesting, like, I definitely feel like, I mean, I can't speak because, like, I mean, I've only talked to, like, you guys and stuff that have, like, done it as males. Um, so I can't really speak to what it's like as a male. But I definitely feel like the whole journey is a lot different as a woman. Um, I just feel like we face different obstacles um, than, like, most men do. Especially, like, because I always tell the story, like, I remember when I first started, there really wasn't a lot of, like, females that were training in this area, like, and a lot of times I was always, like, the only one on the mat at that time, and a lot of the guys, there wasn't even a lot of, like, new guys either, it was a lot of, like, you guys that had been doing it for, like, years, so you guys were already, like, quite a bit ahead of, like, new people at that time, um, so it was definitely very challenging, it was very, like, I think, like, overwhelming at first, um, because it's just a lot to take in, and, um, I remember when I first started, like, I think the hardest part about, like, with being a woman and doing jujitsu, and I even talked to other women, too, and I think, like, the hardest part and the scariest part for women starting is always, like, that initial, like, how contact it is, like, how close you are to people, like, you're literally on top of people, people are on top of you, and people sweat on you, and, like, it gets very close and intimate very quickly. So I think that was like the first like initial shock value. I was just like, oh my God, this is a little intense. Um, but I usually really thrive off of things that are challenging to me. And because it was so hard to like learn and I feel like so many people like doubted me. Like I used to always hear like when I first started, they're like, oh, you're so small. You're so small. Like you're never going to last or you're just going to get like broken and like I mean there's been times I've gotten hurt doing it but I mean everybody has regardless of size um but it was like (laughs) I was there well I wasn't there when you got hurt but I know you have gotten hurt (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah so it was very like overwhelming and challenging but like it's kind of what drove me and I always tell people like it's going to be difficult at first. And like, I always tell people to like, to give it time. Like, I think sometimes people go into it and take like a class or two and get so overwhelmed right away and kind of give up on it. Instead of like, I feel like jujitsu is something you need like a solid couple months to really give it a try and see if you like it or not. Um, But I actually loved it. Like, it was so challenging to me that I was like, I had like the adverse, like, um, I think reaction compared to what most people thought. I was just like, you know what, like, if they think I can't do this, like, I'm going to do this, like, I'm going to show up all the time, I'm going to put in the work, like, I'm just going to do this, like, I'm going to grind along, just literally show up and train. And that's what I did for like years, like, I just kind of kept showing up and training and learning. Um, And then it's weird, because then when you get to like black belt, it was funny, because I feel like I had a whole bunch of emotions, like all in the matter of a 24 hour period. Um, cause like they had talked about it and I knew that it was possibly coming soon, but I wasn't like a hundred percent for sure until, um, the head of our old, um, affiliation literally sent me a message the day before the annual in December and was like, Hey, what's your belt size? So then like, that's all he said. So then I knew that it was like real and it was about to happen. And I just like, I remember like I was working from home at the time when I got the message and I started sweating, like literally sweating and I'm always cold. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is happening. Like, this is really happening now. Like, what am I going to do? And 
you just start thinking of like, cause it felt like it came like fast, but then sometimes I feel like I've been doing it forever. So it was a very like long drawn out, like 24 hour period where I was just like, Oh my God, like, am I actually ready for this? Like, I remember even like messaging Mike and I was like, if you don't think I'm ready, like I'm fine waiting. Like this is totally okay. Like, I just want to know that like I'm ready and that like, it's like, I'm like deserving of this. Like, and I like felt like I'd put in the work. Like I definitely like, like I said, I've been training consistently the whole time through from white belt to black belt. Um, but it's just, it was like weird too. I feel like as a female, sometimes it's hard. Like they tell you not to compare yourself to people, which I definitely like say that. But sometimes like being a female, it's kind of like a little bit more difficult to like know where you're at, especially being smaller. Like most gyms, I'm always the smallest person at um, besides the children. And um, so I, it's not very often that I get to like roll with people my size and like really like spar and go hard with people. So it's it's a little challenging in that way where like I don't necessarily sometimes always know where I'm at and can't really see my own progression plus I'm always like super hard on myself and always like strive for the best for myself uh so that was very difficult but I mean yeah I like being a girl like in this journey it it just it has its challenges along the way like the main one is just like mainly like training partners having good training partners that you can trust that are gonna help you because like you can't have the training partners that are just going to be like too scared to roll with you and that they don't move or do anything, but you can't have the people that are just going to like come in super aggressive and ragdoll you around either. Like it's tough to find like that good, like middle balance of like quality training partners. So I got a couple questions. Number one, when you get, got your black belt, did you actually got a, a few questions about that? Because I remember yeah. when I got my black belt, I felt like, man, I don't think I really deserve this, you know, like, I'm just here, like, I don't feel any better than I felt yesterday, like, there are so many things I don't know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, I think we all feel that imposter syndrome, um, so it's easy to feel like that, but I, I, you know, if your instructors think you deserve it, you deserve it, you know, they, they give it to you, and it's not like your boyfriend gave it to you, like, you got it <laughs> from an instructor, so I feel like, you should feel like you deserve it, you know. Like I would never want you to feel like you don't, you don't earn it. We all, I think everyone that's ever got a black belt has felt like, oh God, it's about time to get the damn thing. And then, like when you start to think about it, you're like, man, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really think I deserve this, you know. Like I got a lot of, I lost to this guy like three weeks ago, and then like I lost to this guy, and like then like all those things, all the self doubt creeps in. Um, yeah. Do you ever? feel like some of the guys feel like that you don't deserve a black belt because either you're a woman or because you're small or because they think like uh i'm 198 pounds or like i'm like 260 <laughs> i can tap you like a, a 260 purple belt or like i'm sure like zach could tap you yeah. like uh big zach big yeah, zach can oh tap me yeah he, he, <laughs> as i say yeah he's literally like triple the size of me yes. um but um yeah i would definitely say yes um in a perfect world, I would love to say every guy that I've encountered in jiu-jitsu has been super supportive and really awesome and thinks, like, I deserve to be there and have my black belt or any belt that I've gotten along the way, honestly. But unfortunately, you know, it's just not like that. It, it's very tough because um, it's still, I mean, there's 
newer women starting to do it, it's gaining popularity, but we're still like outnumbered by a lot. And, you know, there's still those people that just um, kind of like have that mindset where they don't necessarily respect the work that like I put in or don't know about it necessarily. Um, I think it's just that they don't understand, especially like I would say more of like the newer like people that come in because they don't understand like the work that it takes to all the time to get to those certain levels. Um, but yeah, I mean, anytime, like I've definitely experienced guys not taking me seriously or thinking that I don't deserve a belt because I'm small or I'm a female. And I mean, that's been probably one of the most like biggest challenges and hurdles that I've had to really deal with because I used to get really upset about it and like take it personally. And like, it was always really hard because I would get so frustrated and like, you know, why don't I get the same respect that like this person does who's been here three times and I've been consistently showing up for years now. Um, it's easy to get down about that stuff. Um, but then I just like, I think the longer you do it, you get that confidence in yourself. Like even when you have like self-doubt, you still have that confidence where you're like, you know what, like, it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. Like, I know myself that I put in the work and like only me like knows like what I've actually been through to get from white to black and all the things that happened in between and all the work and all the hours that I've put in like getting to that point. So I think the further along it got, I was just like, I don't have to explain or owe anybody an explanation of how I got here. Like, I do feel like I deserve it in that way, just because I've been around and put the work in. But like you said, it's that self-doubt that creeps in. Like when I got it, it's exactly what you said is like, I was like, man, I was like, I didn't really do so well, like competing at Brown. Like I took some tough losses and it's exactly what you said. I think everybody just goes through that. You'll like start thinking of like things that don't necessarily matter for getting that belt, but it's stuff that like you think might. <laughs> I uh, I definitely think um, it's so easy to to have doubt because every day we put it on the line. Like we go into the gym, and sooner or later people are gonna beat you. No, it doesn't matter who you are. Like the I'm mm -hmm. sure the best guys in the world. There's someone in their their room that beats them too. Otherwise, they wouldn't mm -hmm. be the best guys in the world because no one has a a good day every day. And then mm -hmm. those are the days when it really creeps in. It's really easy to have doubt and like don't ever let that get to you it only gets worse like pretty soon you'll be a black belt for like 12 years and then you'll be like oh man this purple belt this kid just smashed me like man what am i doing he passed my guard i can't believe like <laughs> those days are those days are coming oh i always say and like especially now like because of the knowledge that's out there and like there's better instruction now than like when we first started like <laughs> the people are just getting like better like there's just more knowledge out there like it's more like it's spreading more so like with that like like some of these kids coming up like there's just definitely levels to it like i say that at every like belt level like there's just levels to it and there's people that take it way more seriously that can train more often than other people like i will never feel bad about a lower belt tapping me like I don't know. I just like, but I'm also not like the person that is like counting gym wins and like my goal, like when I'm training at my gym now, I'm not like even like lower belts. I'm not like, I'm going to go smash them. And like, I like let them work. Like, I think it's like good to have like build that confidence in them and like 
let them work and learn and stuff instead of just going out. So like you said, there's always some, like, I don't know, it's what my mom used to always say, like, cause I've always been competitive, not in jujitsu, but like other sports when I was younger. And she would always tell us like, there's always going to be somebody better than you, you know? And sometimes you're going to be the best and sometimes you're not going to be the best. And you just have to like learn to live with that and just try your best. And that's all that matters. <laughs> try your best. Oh, it's a very huggy moment. <laughs> I know. I mean, she wasn't like going to hug me afterwards, but I think it's because she knew like I was always like a really like overly competitive kid. And like, like I said, I always like wanted to do the best like all the time and was just a little like crazy competitive when I was younger. I'm a lot more chilled out now. So I have like two stories that kind of like changed my view on women. The first one I was training Alexis Davis. I don't know how many people know where she fought in the UFC. I don't believe she's still under contract with UFC, but she was fighting with UFC for a long time. When I was a blue belt, I used to train with her and she was a brown belt and we fought one weight class apart. And uh, like I used to roll her like super hard and I was like, man, like I was very impressed by her. Like I was like, man, I can't believe a girl can uh, compete with me. You know, like I mean, I could. Even though she was a brown belt and I was a blue belt, I was still a little bit bigger and I was still a guy. So, like, I'd be, yeah. And I would think I was great for not getting beat up by a, a brown belt that's a weight class lighter than me, you know? Mm. And, uh, like, I didn't really realize, like, the different levels of women until I watched Val. So, you know how Val is. She's a goddamn savage, right? Mm -hmm. she, don't, she doesn't give an F about her body. But I watched her, like, train people and I watched the damage that she absorbed from, like, things that wouldn't really like hurt someone that's just a little bit bigger and then that's when i really started to realize um like the difference between like male and female physiology on the mat like because obviously like people that compete are in outliers of like you're the outliers of like the epitome of what a female can be an outlier of what a male can be you know so obviously the male is going to be higher other when separated by men and women but i didn't realize like quite what the difference is at like the amateur and professional level like just watching like how easily she got concussed and hurt and it really changed my attitude on how i roll with people and i really like i really try to to always roll with women different after that like always try and give uh, everyone a good role and like you want to be that group dude that's like ah here you go do whatever you want you know because it doesn't really mm -hmm. help anyone ever but you also don't want to be that guy that shuts everything down you know and I'm, it's hard to find a balance as a as a guy my size, I can't imagine what it's like for like, uh, you know, 190, 200 pound guy rolling with some females too. Yeah, that's like, I always do sympathize. Like, I don't always necessarily like blame the guys for not knowing how to roll with people, especially like a female my size. Like, I'm usually around like 115 pounds, so I'm considerably smaller than them. And I'm definitely not like a very strong like person for my size. I mean, I'm athletic, but I'm not like overly strong. It's not like I'm out like lifting all the time. So I definitely like, <laughs> I know I wish I have like little noodle arms, but um, I definitely like can't always blame them for like not knowing. I think it's just like one of those things that like people have to learn over time, but I definitely respect people that are trying to learn and trying to know how to roll with women. Like I said, I've been, there's been a couple of times where I've been like hurt senselessly for guys just going too hard. And like, especially like, it was really tough, like, because like the further up in belt level I got, I was like the easy target for some people that were like newer and coming in because I was a colored belt 
plus I was the smallest and I'm a female. So like you said, there's just certain things physiologically like that I can't compete with a man and, you know, especially when everybody's like bigger than me and I've like been hurt like senselessly just from people being reckless, like not even just really doing jujitsu, but just trying to go too hard. And like, I've been slammed and like, just like stupid stuff like that or pad, like my legs or arms, like really ripped on and stuff in like positions where it was just like unnecessary. So for anyone that doesn't really do jujitsu, <laughs> we're not saying that <laughs> jujitsu doesn't matter. So we're not saying like some, somebody can come in and just be Ashley, but weight matters a whole lot. And when you're training, the goal is to not be injured. So like mm-hmm. if you're going a hundred percent, like if someone wipe out like four weeks in, six weeks in, 180 pounds is going hundred percent on Ashley. Ashley's going to be able to submit them, but it's going to like weight matters and you're going to get hurt doing it. So like what we're talking about is just making it through every day. Cause if you get hurt every roll, you're never going to get better. You're going to be out six weeks, four weeks, three weeks, two weeks, five weeks, like, and then you never get to train and then you get worse. So like what we're talking about is not like the ability to win a match. We're just talking about sustainability on the mat. Oh, that's a big thing. It's, it's the sustainability of it, honestly. Um, and I say that all the time that there's just some days, especially now that I've been doing it for a long time and I'm, I'm a little bit older now. And, you know, there's just days where sometimes I can't just take like, everybody's weight on top of me it's just too much sometimes you know because like you said it just wears on you it's it's a little bit tougher on you that's the other thing that's like tougher being like a female like in this is when you're going through and you're training just as much as the males but you're you're kind of taking like you said with like Val like you're taking a beating doing it like because your body's gonna feel it a little bit more like we feel it a little bit differently in our body you know it's just a lot more wear and tear so it's harder to like always just show up and train and train and train when your body's just so beaten down all the time. Definitely. Um, so that's the good side of jiu-jitsu. Have you ever had anything happen on the on the bad side of jiu-jitsu? Let's start with like like weird guys trying to do inappropriate things on the mat. Ooh, um, inappropriate you things on the mat. You don't have um, to like uh, say names. We'll we'll get into some other stuff later, but like. Just yeah. like talking about random weirdos, not like uh a... um I've only ever had like a one like random weirdo and it was like a very like it was like dealt with like I honestly don't even remember the person's name, like they never really stuck around. He just like I'm not like somebody that gets really uncomfortable very easily, um, at all. And like I said, since I've been training, I've always trained with men at the gyms that I've been at. Um, and this guy like just really was making me uncomfortable. It was like the things that he said, the way he was to me, like even just like, and we were just like got partnered up, like doing like technique. And I just remember like feeling really uncomfortable. And I like walked away and told my professor at the time, like what was going on, the teacher. And they were like really good about it. Like they were like, went and grabbed another male student who they knew was like been around for a while and paired him up with that and was like don't go back there like if he asked you to train with him like do not do it um and like i said it was like somebody like it was dealt with and addressed right away and um they really didn't stick around so i like i said i honestly don't even remember their name and honestly i can say i was fortunate that that was really the only time i had one kid 
not like an appropriate like sexually but I used to have long hair and I would wear it like tied up in a bun and I just remember like rolling we were doing positionals and we got paired up and I just remember like my head hitting like the mat really hard and like his hand was like in my hair and I was like oh at first I just thought like he just got tangled in my hair because it happens with girls with long hair you know you try not to like get tangled but like the hair sometimes so I I just like let it go and I was like oh maybe his like hand got tangled in my hair and then it happened again like he actually grabbed my head and like like grabbed my hair and like smacked my head off the mat and that was like the only time I've ever really gotten like super angry during a roll and like I got up and I was just like swearing at the kid and like going off and then like people around me were like because it was so out of character for me like I never get mad like I'm probably very chill when I roll I'm not even like super aggressive and then that kid like never like the guys that were there like talked to him and were like yo what the like what's going on and like he never showed up again after that so I mean I was fortunate that like anytime I had something happened it was like very addressed right away usually and then taken care of and it tends to be like I said like the weird random people that you'll get in gym sometimes that like come in just like new off the streets I would like to think as a community, we uh, we do a, I'm not going to say this is a true fact, but I would hope that we do a good job as a community, not letting people that we know are like that on the mat and really taking care of it in-house. Um, as a gym owner, I know I wouldn't, if I had doubts or something happened, I would definitely not let that person roll at the gym ever again. Um, I. I can't imagine any one of our peers not not doing the same thing. I, I don't, you know, like someone inappropriately touching someone just on the mat. That, that's why I always think it's going to be like just some random guy that walks in. Um, yeah, I mean, there's like, I'm not going to name names, but like, because like people have trusted me to tell me stories and other females, like I have known other females that like, unfortunately have dealt with stuff like that at gyms and sometimes it was addressed and sometimes it really wasn't and they weren't taken seriously and that's the kind of stuff that like definitely really irritates me especially like because there's even like besides speaking up like there's not much i can do like i'm not the gym owners of these other places like so i can't really like say the only thing is like i just tell like these women that have told me things or that have experienced things to like do what's best for them and if like that type of stuff is tolerated, like, then they need to leave. Like, it's not a safe environment. Like, it's one thing that I always tell any woman that's starting to even think about doing jujitsu or training any kind of martial art. I always say, like, do your research, talk to other females that are training at these gyms, like, really ask them questions and talk to them because they're going to be the ones that know the most. And like, I would hope that they would be honest. Like I've had a lot of women reach out to me that were interested in training jujitsu and had heard things about certain places or like, were just concerned about certain things. And like, I'm very honest and like, I'm very unbiased too. Like, even if it's not like, sometimes like then like, yeah, of course I would love them to train with me, but sometimes like, whether it be distance or scheduling or anything that's could really interfere like that may not work at the gym that I'm at like I'm not going to tell them like oh you have to come here but I'm going to let them know like different options and what I think would be best like like I said 
I think that's really important is just to have a safe space, train where somebody like where you can trust people. Like I've been to your gym. I've known you for years. Like if somebody couldn't come train with me, that was a female, I would a hundred percent recommend them to go to your place because I know that you're going to take care of them. You're not going to let stuff like that happen, you know, at least to the best of your ability. Yeah. It's, it's almost impossible to stop it from happening, but what you can do is mm-hmm. never let it happen from the same person twice. And it's like, I think it's our, our duty as black, but I've been talking with Josh a lot lately, like Katri mm-hmm. and uh, like, man, I've been inspired by him to like, just the things that he's doing. Like he's not scared to say anything, even though sometimes it looks like a crazy guy. Right. Like, <laughs> but I know it was hard to follow him. I'm like, man, I'm on after him. That's what, like a lot to follow. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, um, mm-hmm. Something to think about is it's a little bit of our responsibility as black belt. There's definitely a responsibility of mine as a gym owner to, uh, mm-hmm. if anything like that happens, I would put that person on blast. Maybe not publicly, but I would definitely let all the other gym owners know. I'm not sure, like, liably whether I could do that or not, unless I actually witnessed it. But if I saw it, I would definitely write about it. Like, don't let this person train at your gym. I think it's important mm-hmm. that we we shine a little light on this um, on our sport. Like, it's important that we make it safe for everybody. Oh, 100%. And, like, I swear over, the, like, the last few years, like, you just see more and more women coming out about different situations that they've been in and different things that have happened to them in their journey. And then, like, I think, like, I was actually just having a conversation about this, like, not too long ago where I said, I think that a lot of people always think, like, oh, that's never going to happen to me or that's not going to happen to anybody I know. And like, they don't realize like how often bad things happen and like that things can actually happen without them even knowing. Like the statistics even are just like crazy, you know? And I think like people are always like, oh, I like that's never going to happen to anybody I know until they realize like it's happened to people that they know or it's happening to somebody they know. And then it's, it's always like a little bit of a shock instead of being, like you said, like you're not going to ever prevent it from happening, but people need to be aware of it and warning signs and be like, if something does happen, deal with it in a proper way. Like you said, ideally in a perfect world, like in the jujitsu community, we would love for people that have been offenders of certain things or acted a certain way that's inappropriate to not be able to train again at these places and not be welcoming but unfortunately that doesn't always happen like and there's that's the hardest part is because we have to live with that like knowing that it's not our say and but you know what though when people do let those people train there or you see that stuff happening and stuff doesn't get done then you know like who you can like trust and who you can't and it shows like about the other people's character and like what's more important to them. I am, um, man, I, when I first started jujitsu, it was rooms full of guys that just fought. Like it was not a safe place <laughs> for anybody. Yeah. You know, and the, the sports come a long way and we're trying to be inclusive to like women and families and make it like a family atmosphere, kind of like a karate, like, I always imagine, like, I want Integrity to be, like, a karate studio would be, like, if karate actually worked to beat people up, instead of, like, doing this <laughs> bullshit, you know, like. <laughs> Sorry. It was just funny how you said that. But I want it to be, like, like, their traditional values, you know what I mean? Like, it should be a safe place for people to come. It should be, 
like my idea like what an academy is is like a, it's a home it's a family it's a place to to come and train and like that's how it always was when i was fighting but when it not i don't even want to talk about when i was first started fighting like back in the 90s not like the victory days when i was like already like more of a like an established gym but it was just a bunch of guys we get together at like some place that had mats and we trained sometimes they didn't even have mats you know like it was not a safe place for anybody not even the guys in there and yeah. like this is where jujitsu came from it's from like poor people that are like fighting to to make a living so there's a history of like a lot of bad people and most of the black belts from my era like we all have something very wrong with us to to become a black belt in this time like it's a little bit different now you know like if you started training in the 2000s you're probably a little bit more normal than us older guys that trained back then and uh, i always say like be like very wary of black belts because there's usually something wrong with them but uh like this crop of like up and coming black belts a little bit different you know like uh i don't know like mike's not an up or coming but i like i like him but there's some really bad people and there's some really really good people so like my generation's like you're either really bad or you're probably really good there's not really too many in between yeah and honestly like I know it sounds like bad with me saying about like certain things and like I don't want anybody to ever be scared of like jujitsu and like people like because honestly jujitsu has been a really awesome community to be a part of for as long as I have and I would say the majority of the people that I've met doing jujitsu have been some of the most amazing and awesome people that I've met in my life and honestly some of the most down-to-earth and dependable people but like you said with anything you know there's going to be those couple of bad eggs and unfortunately because when stuff like that happens, like it only takes a couple of those bad eggs to really like shine light and like put things in a negative perspective, you know, because that's what people see sometimes or hear about sometimes. Yeah, one but bad thing is a national story. And that's the, that, that's the real problem. Oh, especially now, because with like social media, everything just travels so much faster. Everything's so much more open. And even like in our like jujitsu community, we're like still a small community. I feel like when you've been around long enough, like everybody knows kind of everybody. So like if one person, like if something happens here, it kind of spreads like wildfire in a way. Mm -hmm. I love that. Now that I talk to people that do jujitsu, they don't know good times. They haven't had anything like bad, like besides for losing and stuff. And that makes me like, when I keep hearing stories like that and I talk to people and they only say like great things about jujitsu in their gym, like it makes me happy. Like I don't care what gym you're from. Like that's, that's what it's about. And this. Like, that's why it's really good. Oh, 100%. Like I said, but I think that's, like, something to be said. Like you said, like, when a lot of us were, like, first starting, and even, like, the guys, like, all of you guys that got, like, promoted before me and were training even before I was, you know, I think when you personally go through certain things and go through different hardships, especially when you start taking, a, like, a coaching and an instructor and even a gym owner, in, like, your case, like, roll on, you know that there's certain things that you don't want other people to go through because you know what it's like to have gone through that. So I think like, like you said, it's just going to get better over time because we've already went through the crappy stuff. So now everybody can get through like good stuff. And like, even now when I'm like coaching and teaching, like that's like my main goal, like jujitsu is hard, but I want people to have fun. I want it to be a safe space for them. I want them to enjoy coming to the gym. I want them to feel comfortable coming to me and talking to me if they have any concerns like i want to be approachable like i worked really hard like because i'm not always the most outgoing person like the people that know me i probably am but 
when I first get to know people, I'm very like socially awkward and a little like more reserved. So I've been really working on being a little bit more outgoing, like trying not to be as like shy around new people like that are at the gym, you know, really putting myself out there to make people feel more welcome and like happy to be there. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's up to us to make sure that like it's easy for us to turn a blind eye on people now because you know now mm -hmm. we're like established and if we say something like we need to make sure that we're right about what we say but we need to make sure that we're we're the ones doing the policing, um, like some it's really important and uh like I want you to like think about that like make sure that <laughs> you laugh at my <laughs> I didn't like he's the only one that like came up because I was worried about how I would sound before like getting into this. I'm like, what if I stumble over my words or I say something? And like, he always, it was like a quote from him that really wasn't his quote. And it was like a, it's a whole nother story that I won't get into, but so he wrote that and it made me like laugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that he's taking care of you guys. So we can get into something much happier okay i love you guys to death the first couple of jiu-jitsu the first black belt couple in the area man <laughs> like i watch you guys like start and like tell me about that story that story makes me happy every time i see you guys <laughs> together makes me smile and want to eat a taco oh my god oh my god this story oh god it's it's like if you know mike and i it is the most mike and i story that there could ever be <laughs> um i'm laughing at mike i'm sorry i know no i saw that too that sounds like really i told him if he did come on here there were certain things that he could not talk about or say so now he's probably just going to like type them into the chat because that's They're how coming up now oh yeah he doesn't stop um he always keeps life very exciting good or bad <laughs> um but um so mike and i obviously had known each other um for years, he was already training at the gym when I started training. I actually met him because before I was doing jujitsu, I was doing like a fitness program um, through WNY. I used to do like the morning fitness thing and we had a um, Christmas party. We'd have those Christmas parties every year and stuff. And I remember like meeting some of the guys and stuff that did jujitsu at the time there. And they're like, you should give it a try. You should give it a try. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I'm not really sure about that. So like I ended up trying it and loving it. So Mike was always super welcoming, super outgoing, very nice. Like would always like work with me. Like he was never one of those guys that were just like, like screw you white belt, like <laughs> go work like on things yourself. Because that was honestly like, a real concern that I had when I first started like people didn't want to work with me I was small I was like one of the only females like I'd always be like kind of odd man out like it would be like me and big john who's um like way bigger than me like I don't even know how well you know big john like yeah I don't even big. know how big he is but he's huge and like because people didn't want to work with him because he was so big so we would end up like getting partnered together which was just ridiculous um but Mike, like, was always, like, a good person to work with. And, like, as time, like, went on, like, we just, like, became friends. And, like, we would all hang out in, like, groups and stuff. And, like, we all trained together. And um, right around when, like, some of the splits started happening, like, when some of the people had left and, like, kind of gone to other gyms, we were, like, two of the only people really left that were, like, core people that had started there. So we, like, I think just 
became closer because we were training together more often and stuff like that. Um, so we were always really good friends. And during that time, we were both like kind of going through separations. Like I had already separated from the person that I was previously with before him for a while. And he was going through like a separation too. And like, we were just really great friends to each other, like always there for each other. And I think it was like one of those weird things that just kind of happened. Like I didn't even really want to date anybody at that point. Like I just really wasn't interested in it because of like the stuff I had gone through with my ex. And then it just like kind of happened. And the funny story that everybody likes is I remember all of our friends were like, you two like each other. Like you guys should just go out. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And finally I was like, one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like tell him that I like him and see what he says, you know? Cause I didn't want to like make the friendship weird about it. Cause we would have to see each other like all the time. And so like, I had like told them we were hanging out with friends and I had told them that I liked him and like wrote up this whole thing about like how I didn't want to make it awkward, but I just wanted to clear the air and stuff like that. And his response was, you cool, you cool. <laughs> and I was just like, what the hell does that even mean? Like, what? Like, who says that? And then like, that was all he said. And at that time I'd like worked overnight. So I'm like sitting at work on like this overnight shift, just being like, what is going on? Like, I don't even understand this. Like, what does this even mean? And I was just like, so mortified. Like, I was just like, oh my God. Like, I felt so embarrassed and so like insecure. And I was just like, this is gonna be so awkward. And then like the next day he was like, hey, um, because I have friends that train in Rochester. Like I've trained with them for years since I've been a white belt. And I used to go up there and train all the time, but Mike never, like Mike knew them, but he never would go up and train with me or anything. Like a lot of times I was always by myself. And he was like, hey, do you want to go to Rochester and train tomorrow? And I thought it was like really weird that he'd asked. And I was like, yeah, sure. Let me just send him a message and see what time their class is. And so we're driving to Rochester on the 90. It's about an hour drive. And he goes... Oh, so I've been meaning to talk to you about like what you were telling me in your messages the other day. And I just remember like wanting to literally jump out of the moving car on the 90 because I was just like, I don't want to be here. This is really awkward. I'm uncomfortable. Like he looks uncomfortable. And then he goes, well, I'll talk to you on the way home about it. And I'm just like, what is wrong with him? Like, so then we go to do a whole two hour jujitsu class, like train is normal. Then on the way home, it was like, we're like, I'm like not even going to bring it up again. Cause I don't even want to talk to him about it because I'm just so uncomfortable at this point. And then he brings it up again and he's like so nervous that he's like shaking. And then finally like tells me that he likes me and all this stuff. And I just was like, it was the most awkward, weird way about it like ever but if you know Mike that's like totally like a him thing to do because that's just how he is <laughs> but then we started dating and now here we are years later <laughs> Mike says that's not true oh it's 100 percent true he's just like embarrassed because I, I mean I can really go into detail about what he said but I won't do that because <laughs> I'm too nice <laughs> I uh I can uh, imagine him being awkward I can't imagine him I can actually imagine being like super nervous too, but I don't know. I I just love love you guys to death. You always make me happy. You always look so happy together. And uh we still need to go out to eat for uh after the last 
Oh, I still need to take you out for the first time that you guys came, and then you came again since the first time. We still haven't gone out to eat, so yeah, uh, I still owe you guys some dinner. What's that? I said, yeah, we've been there a couple times. We definitely have to go out, though. But yeah, he's You're... okay. He likes to tell everybody how lucky I am. He tells people, he goes, I tell her every day how lucky she is. That's what he tells everybody. He's You're a character. Lucky. He's kind of cute. He's okay. I take him home. <laughs> he's all right. I'll give him to you. I always tell people at the gym that I'm willing to give him up and that you would get free jujitsu lessons at home. He'll watch jujitsu with you like 24-7. Um, he has perks. I mean, he's not going to like cook for you or anything, but you know, mm -hmm. there's certain things about him. <laughs> I bet you order me some great Mickey D's. <laughs> of course. Is that a sore spot? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get him in trouble. Oh, no, no. I don't care. I mean, obviously I care. I try to like... It, it makes me sound like the naggy girlfriend or whatever, but I, I try to like talk to him and like cook and stuff. And like, I want him to be healthy, like not for like really like any, like, like I think he needs to be like fit and shredded or anything like that. But you know, I just like want him to be healthy. And like, I've seen like, like my dad, like when I was younger, um, when I was actually in high school, like had a massive heart attack and like died four times in front of me. I mean, thankfully he survived, but he always wasn't the healthiest. And um, after experiencing that, like, of course I want Mike to be like healthy and like take care of himself. Man, that's kind of a Debbie Downer. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Sorry. No, I'm <laughs> I know, sorry. I know. She's just full of sad stories. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I hope Mike gives you a big yeah. hug now. Oh, um, uh, no, it's okay. I mean, my dad's, like, he survived. He's still around. Um, me and my dad have a great relationship, but. That's great. Yeah, that's why I just, like, you know, I, I want, like, to stay around for a while, so, you know. <laughs> Do you guys train at home a lot? Um, I wouldn't say we train at home a lot. Uh, We do have mats here, Um, so we can train at home a lot. We do, I will say, we watch a lot of jujitsu at home a lot. Um. Because that's the thing about, like, teaching, which I'm sure, like, you can probably, like, speak to. I don't think a lot of people understand all the time all the back work that goes into teaching. Like, it's not just showing up for class and teaching. There's, like, we do a lot of, like, lesson planning. We're constantly watching jiu-jitsu. We, like, are constantly learning new things. And, like, even if it's stuff that necessarily one of us isn't good at, like, you know, we still want to learn it to teach it to other people. And because even if it's not our a game like it could really work for somebody else so we spend a lot of time watching jujitsu learning jujitsu stuff like that we'll like wrap a little bit like here at home and stuff just to get things ready if one of us is competing sometimes then we will like train at home a little bit more like we'll do like a lot of wrapping and stuff like extra wrapping and stuff um but like day to day probably not but honestly like that's the thing like we're both so busy, like, even though we're kind of around each other a lot, like, there's not a lot of, like, quality time, so we do try to, like, be a little bit better and, like, schedule, like, date nights and stuff like that, and um, we actually, like, aren't even really home a lot, except for, like, at night, like, when we're about to go to bed, like, we both work full-time, and then with teaching and always being at the gym, too, like, it's just a lot of time that we spend there, so... I would say we train at home a lot, like when one, like one or both of us are getting ready for like a tournament or something like that. But 
day to day, um, probably not because we train a lot at the gym together too and teach too. Well, I thank you very much for <laughs> spending some of your time on Key Man's Corner. Like I, like I wasn't like bullshitting you when we when I said it was an honor to have you on. Like I really think it's a like a big honor. I think like more people should make a, a bigger deal out of you. Like you're the first black belt in the area. So I want to make sure that I can platform you the best that I can. And I think most people would just imagine having a, like a jujitsu, like boyfriend or girlfriend, if they train, they're like, Oh man, we train all the time at home. But like, I think it's important that you guys do spend some time not training. It's fun that you guys can watch videos together too and practice your lesson plans. Do you still guys, do you guys still teach, um, teach a lot of your lessons together? Like he use you to demo and you use him to demo. Uh, yeah, we actually, um, we started doing that a lot more. Like, um, when he's like technically teaching, I help him with his classes. Like I'll be like who he demos on and I'll help him like walk around. Um, especially cause like he teaches fundamentals. So it's a lot of like brand new people. So I always feel like it's really helpful to have like a second person to walk around with you and stuff. Um, just because it gives them a little bit more one-to-one -one attention, um, which is like really helpful when you're new and like just starting out and he'll even help me. Like I teach a women's class um, and he'll even help me sometimes just be like a person to demo on and stuff. Um, because sometimes it's hard when you just have like all brand new people um because they don't know necessarily enough sometimes to give you the reactions or be in the position that you need them to be in i mean you can do it and get away with it sometimes but i feel like it is beneficial to work together so yeah a lot of times we like kind of like tag team it <laughs> i understand the pain like I was trying yeah. to show deep half i can't get like when i was trying i originally tried to show deep half a long time ago and i couldn't like the people aren't giving you the right base and like you gotta like show people how to give you the base so you almost need to have like a little private with whoever you're gonna demo on like i need you to do this you know like mm -hmm. it's very challenging sometimes people really don't understand how much time goes into teaching oh no they don't like that's what i said like people don't realize like how much time um i knew he was gonna say that about dpap <laughs> we laugh about it it's literally um between mike and i this is actually something we really much agree on it is our most like hated thing to teach people it really is i i and i don't it's I, I don't even think it's like a bad technique it's a great technique and it's so like useful but it's mm -hmm. one of the hardest lesson plans and the hardest like lessons to teach people like oof, it's it's like one of those ones like if we're gonna do it like i gotta mentally prepare myself because i was like like you said it's really hard to have people like because you need a good partner to wrap it on to really learn it and when mm -hmm. two people are like really new and just like can't get it, sometimes they can go to being a disaster like really quick. So it's one of those ones where you have to be like very, very patient with. In yeah. an ideal world, like we all love to say that we're like super like patient all the time, you know, but sometimes you're just going to have those days where you're just like, oh my God, like <laughs> as like a teacher and an instructor where Man, it's I like anything. To have those days yeah i mean everybody tries not to like i don't think any of us really do like on the mat it's just like after where you're just like you got to go into like the locker room for a second just take a deep breath and be like whew because like and i always remember i'm like when i first started i was probably like a weird like flopping fish that couldn't <laughs> even like know my right from my left like it's funny when i first like when i, I remember being like white and blue belt and uh especially it's so funny because like Matt Godden, like, it was always awesome and super nice to me. Like, 
I always had like a really great relationship in, and he was always one of my, honestly, even still to this day was one of my favorite instructors that I've ever learned from. But for whatever reason, when he would like come around and watch us, I would get so nervous. Like I could do it right up until like he comes and watches me. And then I'm like doing everything. Like, I don't know what I'm doing in my life. Like, and I would get so nervous and I'm like, oh my God, I just did this like right five times. Like what is wrong with me? I um I have that inspector's luck. It's so weird for me when I go walk and people get nervous when they watch me. Like I'm the last person. I have the worst technique in the world. Like <laughs> when people get nervous when I come by to watch, like my students, I'm like, man, like what happened to me? Because <laughs> I think it's just that like it's that fear of like anytime that somebody's that's showing you it that comes around. I think people just get like so nervous, like. I used to, so I sympathize for it. Even now, like when I first like joined the gym that we're at now, like we're at Spar now, and like um, I had met Eduardo like a couple times before, and like um, was there like because we always like go to other gyms and like train and stuff sometimes. So I like knew him, and he was always super super nice to me. But when I first like started training with him, like I would be so nervous. And like, especially like going there as like a black belt and I had just like gotten my black belt recently. I just remember always being so nervous. I'm like, I would like, we would be on the way home. And I'm like, I would tell Mike, I'd be like, oh my God. I'm like, he probably thinks I'm a white belt now. I'm like, I couldn't do anything. I got so nervous that I couldn't even like roll with him. And it was so funny because like, Eduardo was so nice. And he would always be like, oh, you're doing so great. Like, and he was always so like supportive and great. And like, it was all in my own head that I was just so paranoid for absolutely no reason. That's funny. I can just imagine, I'm like reading the comments as they come in too, like. They, I know, I can kind of see them, but they're so small. <laughs> Mike's talking to everybody. Yeah. Uh, Amanda's like, you only watch my bad side and then my good side and say, oh, you did it, yay. <laughs> like, I can't, like when people do it on the wrong side, here's my advice to you. If you're doing jujitsu, get really good on one side for your attacks because you can almost determine where you're going to attack. You need to be very good on both sides for your escapes, but get really good at one side. Then you can teach yourself the other side. Just spend your time learning attacks on your good side, then drill it on your own. You don't get to choose where your opponent attacks, so you have to have your escapes really good on both sides. But take your time and get one side really good. Yeah, I, I try to do both sides now. I really do. I actually, honestly, I'm like the opposite. I wish that I would have did both sides a little bit more, like when I first started. Um, I will say that I do find really beneficial is passing, like learning passes on both sides, especially because everybody predominantly passes to the left. So people get so used to like regarding from the left that I feel like when you mix it up and go to the right, sometimes like you're just going to have better luck. Like now I feel like even in my own like personal like rolling and experience now where I've like really started mixing up like passing from like the right to the left and like kind of keeping moving um I've definitely had better success um You're but I definitely am dominant yeah I guess you should but, you should be able to do that I mean sometimes I mean we all have our off days sometimes I'm like falling all over and I'm like what am I doing mm. I'm, I'm speaking to like if you're a white belt and you're watching this because you know we're cool we're black belts now if you're a white belt <laughs> practice on one side know the fundamentals of the movement and then you can teach yourself to the other side like you can get good on both sides but 
when you got people watching you make sure you can do one side good and then it's really easy it's not really easy to learn we're all watching side. you yeah we're not watching you uh most of the time mom texts no i'm just kidding but uh, I, I try not to have my phone on the mat ever if i do music trying to fix the music playlist so don't worry about that oh i think that's like the struggle with every like instructor on the phone is like it's always about the music yeah. but i will say that is actually always one like tip of, like thing of advice that i always like tell like especially new people and people that are beginning i feel like people like they'll start like getting really excited about jujitsu and they're still watching stuff but what are they watching they're watching like high level jujitsu on tv like black belts that are doing this for a living and competing and they automatically always want to do like these fancy crazy moves that yeah these dudes are like landing it but they this is what they do for a living and they've been doing it for a decade now um so i always tell people i'm like you got to learn to crawl before you walk like you can't like basics and fundamentals like i still a decade later use a lot of basic and fundamental things every time i roll like and i feel like sometimes people get so like excited that they want to do all this like fancy like stuff like you said or like try all these different moves and it's like let's just slow it down and like learn these fundamentals so that way you can learn other things like it's like a building blocks thing where you can't like not have a base and then have this like crazy high structure and expect it to stand i didn't learn that lesson until brown belt so at brown belt i went to a hicks and gracie seminar and like he went over scissor sweep and he went over uh, mount, the very first monoscape, shrimp and get both hooks in. Mm -hmm. And I learned so many details I didn't know. And like second degree black belts are going up there. He's like, no, you're doing it all wrong. Like the fundamentals are, there's so many details of like the most simplest movements that like it's so hard to understand. Like as a black belt, I'm still learning them all the time. Like I learn how to oh, yeah. frame different. When you guys come and teach, I learn sometimes you learn like one different frame from like single leg axe or like there's so many things to learn from so many different positions. Like you can never stop learning. Oh yeah, exactly. I had a very similar experience, except I was, I think a blue belt when I took the seminar, but I went up to Rochester and took a seminar from Paul Schreiner. And um, I cannot say enough good things about this seminar. Like I've taken quite a few seminars and it was possibly one of the best ones that I like still remember to this day because he is so detail oriented. The, plus two, he's such a great teacher. Like he's so intentive, like he's very like intelligent. Like he explains everything. Like it's not just explaining the move, he's explaining like why you're doing it, like why it works, which I feel like a lot of times when you talk more in concepts, people understand it more. And I like remember just learning like a couple of details like on knee slice passing from him that really like literally changed like my passing game that I still like use and implement today. Like you said, and I think that's the thing too. I felt like when I got my black belt, I don't know if you felt the same way. Like when you say like you first go through this like imposter syndrome and you think about all the things you don't know but i felt like once i got my black belt i was like i almost felt like it was time to learn again like not that i hadn't been learning up until then but i feel like now i'm almost more eager to learn sometimes and like i'm like i want to know like details of things and like why things work and like i learn stuff new every day like it never stops <laughs> I know I feel, I feel like teaching has really helped me do that too. Teach 
six days a week now and like i'm learning more muay thai i'm learning more jujitsu than i ever thought i'd ever want to learn and sometimes it's challenging you know you're like oh man i really don't want to spend my whole lunch break breaking this down and then like my whole ride home thinking about it and then watching it before i come to the gym and i come to the gym and then like got to figure it out on somebody sometimes you've never even repped it before and then you got to make it look like you're really really good you know like man man i gotta make this look good good like it can't be shitty because i gotta show it to people otherwise i gotta go back to plan b you know i there's a, been a couple of times where i came in and i was like man this is just not right i can't show it like this and then like gotta spend an open mat and figure it out and then i figure it out or i do it try and do everything to what i'm going to teach the week before when i'm rolling and then like i try it on people when rolling live so people get used to feeling it and then like it's a lot easier to show them and uh, that's another good teaching tip. Just smash all your students with what you're going to teach next week. And then uh, they learn a lot better. I was going to say, that's actually a really good idea. I would have never thought of to like really like start implementing it like the week out that you're teaching it. Just so like they're kind of aware because you know they're going to probably see you doing it and showing it and be like, oh, that's what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. And it makes you look smart too. Like, oh, like I was catching it with this because uh, and then like you catch it with it on purpose. But, uh, I hope none of my students are watching right now. <laughs> they're all gonna know now yeah now they're all gonna know <laughs> oh man so you've gone through a lot of gyms what's it like to move from one gym to another um it depends i will say um i i've actually had this talk with like quite a few people um because i think traditionally before like when i first started jiu-jitsu it was like that thing where you you were expected to always stay at that same gym and just kind of like grow at that gym and like get through all your belts and just always stay there and when i first started like that's what i thought was going to happen um like i expected to stay from white to black and then continue on like at the same gym i mean but unfortunately like as time goes on and things happen and you know sometimes you have to make the decision that's like best for you and be selfish like um i like i always say like um as much as i would have loved to always stay in one place because change is always hard it's always nerve-wracking you know you never want to disappoint people that you train with you never want to disappoint your friends if you leave but ultimately, I think like there's a million different reasons of why people leave the gyms that they're at. But ultimately, I feel like the common denominator in all of it is that they want to make themselves happy and be somewhere where they're like happy and having fun. And like the first time when I left the first gym that I had been at probably the longest time, I just wasn't happy there anymore. I wasn't having fun. I didn't enjoy it, which was really hard on me because like I enjoyed jujitsu like I loved it but being there like I didn't want to go there anymore I just wasn't happy I wasn't enjoying it a lot of my friends and good training partners had left at this point um it was just like becoming a really tense situation and I think like as much as I like tried to stay loyal ultimately like it is still like a business and I'm paying for a product and if I'm not happy there like why am I investing all this money into a place where I'm not happy and having fun and like satisfied in, you know? So I made the decision like to leave and try to figure out where I was going to go from there. 
because when I first left um, WMI, I really didn't have um, a solid place where I was going to go. I just kind of checked out a couple gyms and seen where I was like going to end up at. And um, ultimately, I ended up at Niagara Falls um, just because, honestly, like I went there because there was a lot of really good people there. Like the training partners were really good. It was very challenging. It was a tough room. Like I had a lot of good roles. A lot of people like were very supportive, like teammates there. Um, it was nice to like enjoy training again. Like I would want to go to the gym. Like I could train with people where I felt safe. Like I would get tough roles, but I wasn't getting hurt all the time. And there was a lot of people for me to roll with. And I met like some people there and like, at the time they had a couple females, like one of your students was one of them at the time. Um, and it was great to have another female to train with. So I, like I always say, I never regret um, going to different gyms or like leaving gyms to end up where I'm at. Um, I, got, I, got I think it was just part of my journey. Mm -hmm. I don't mean to interrupt you. Uh, oh, you, no, were you're there, fine. you were there through COVID, right? Uh, which gym? Uh, Niagara Falls. Were you there through COVID times? Did you train there through uh, COVID? No, actually, I kind of went there towards the end of COVID. I was still at WNY through COVID. Because okay. we were actually teaching a class in our kitchen. We moved oh. out our dining room table and like put mats down and Mike was still teaching classes like virtually. And then yeah. we did go back there for a little while, like when they did open up and we still had, like the pods thing. Yeah, I kind of went to, I ended up going to Niagara Falls towards the end of COVID. I guess it was yeah. still like COVID times a little bit, but it was mm -hmm. towards the end of it. Like when all the gyms were pretty much open up at that point. Yeah, I remember you. Uh... I remember like talking with you outside the pond right before you left and giving a hug and saying goodbye and stuff. I, I just didn't know if you trained over there like during all the COVID times, like when all the gyms were shut down and they were the rebels and they stayed open. And like, it seemed like that was like a great time to, tr to train there. Like there's just a lot of camaraderie and like everyone yeah, no. at the time, like really loved each other. I, I like, I like to hear that story. Like even like Antonio was like crazy. Right. But yeah. he's, um, Dude, he was he was willing to stay open on him and Rick. Like they they should yeah get their dues for that. Like and honestly, really yeah, like I know, and it's funny because I I know people have like a lot of really strong opinions about like myself and Mike going there and training there with Antonio and like yeah, he is kind of crazy, but not all of it was bad. And like when we first went there, like we were treated really good. And I think at that time, like um it was kind of what I needed to enjoy training again. Like he was actually very, like, he would always like push me, but like in a good way, like, mm -hmm. like actually like really be like, no, you're better. Like, don't doubt yourself. Like he would like actually have really good ideas. I mean, unfortunately, like he was kind of like the reason for his own, like kind of demise and like the whole gym thing that happened. Um, just cause he's not well, you know, I mean, but he wasn't like always bad. Like you said, he's, kind of not well sometimes but you know like I didn't even really go there for him like the people that were there like it was such a good room like you said it was like kind of like it was the first place where I felt like a team like effort like where everybody had that like kind of camaraderie and people supported people and like everybody wanted to make each other better like which was good like I felt actually supported and um like I said like at that time like it was what i needed because i wanted to enjoy training i wanted to like actually have time to train again and be pushed and 
it was the first time where I got to like really start teaching a little bit more because Mike had gotten hurt um, down in Florida competing. So I was teaching for him for a little while there and it gave me like a little bit more teaching experience. So like me going there was definitely beneficial. Like I felt like I actually grew and learned a lot, especially because stylistically, like um, he had so much of a different game. Like um, I still like, and still prefer like kind of more of a submission only thing not so much points like thing but that's what like his bread and butter was like that's all he was like about so it made me get a little bit better at stuff that i necessarily would just kind of avoid working on and stuff and um so it was really good i mean unfortunately it just kind of fell apart um so that's why like we left there um and so i'm gonna interrupt you again because i got two quick things to say because i yeah. want to I want to jump in before I get to the next gym because yeah. it kind of relates to Antonio and what we're just talking about. Yeah. Number one is I was so sad the way that Mike and Antonio left WNY. Like um, Antonio felt betrayed and Mike a little bit too, and they were like such good friends. Um, when you guys first went back, I was so happy to see them two get back together because um, I um, I always felt like. I don't know. I feel like uh, sometimes Mike lets people just get away from him sometimes. Um, and I was glad that like he went there to, to reignite that friendship. I don't know what happened between him and Antonio because Antonio does like, man, Antonio's awesome for like months. And I train with Antonio a lot back in the day. Mm -hmm. Like I love him to death. And every now and then he just, you know, breaks down a little bit. You know, that's how he, he gets to be great. Like you don't get to be as great as him because he's fucking great. Like, He's great at jujitsu, right? You don't get to be great without having some things that make you great. And that's those same things that make him a little bit kooky sometimes make him great, like on the mat. Oh, exactly. And yeah, especially like you have to be like, that's the thing. Like he's really good. Like no doubt about it. Anybody who knows him will tell you that he's really good. And the reason why he's really good is because you know what? Like he has put himself first and been selfish. And like you said, those same things that make him undesirable sometimes are the things that push him and motivate him to do well. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword, you know? Yeah, it's just, uh, it's tough for a leader, like, to to be like that. It's all, like, I don't know, like, he's, he's it's, it's hard to talk about that, like, because it's public, but, like, man, I, I just love that him and uh, Mike got back together. Like, not like they were, like, you know, romantically inclined and stuff, but just, like, I felt yeah. like their friendship was prematurely ended when uh, Antonio left. and. And yeah, just like and, they, they got back together. That was like one of the happiest parts of about COVID, like watching him go train with Antonio a little bit. Yeah, honestly, like that was like a huge thing for me too. Um, because like, like I said, that's when Mike and I got closer was because when everything fell apart, like he lost some of his closest training partners, like some of my closest training partners had left, like Pedro and Jonah were always like my number one people that always like I worked with, like I was devastated when they left. Um, I felt like I had nobody and like, I was really upset about it. And he was really upset about like his break off with like Antonio. And I think like seeing him through all of that, um, like kind of like we understood it better. And like, it came to like, literally, um, I like kind of ran into Antonio and like, at the time we were working in the same job, not at the same place, but we both worked, um, in the same for the state with developmentally disabled people. Um, so I would see him sometimes. And I just remember like kind of running to him like at work and like having a conversation with him. And like, it kind of got like the whole conversation with like all of us started again. And like, 
Mike, you know, like at that time, like Mike can be like a very, very stubborn person and hold a grudge like no other. Mike stubborn? I mean, no way. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows it, but um, so like it was like a very like long process of like both of them talking to each other, you know, and getting that common ground again. But it was like, I agree, it was super great to see um, when it kind of came together because I had left first and that was the other thing I had to have like the talk with like, I think honestly, the reason why I stayed so long was because Mike was there and like he was in like a teacher and people talk and I didn't want it to blow up and like affect him. And like, of course, like I wanted to train with Mike, but I knew that I wasn't happy there anymore, like at WY, so I had to leave, you know? And I had to have that talk with him. And like, I was like, if you choose to stay there, like I totally support it. Like I want you to be happy, but I agree with you. Like it was nice to kind of see him gain that friendship back again. And like, he was like happy and training more. Like he just had like that passion for jujitsu again, which I hadn't seen in like quite some time, you know, that I felt like he had lost there for a little while. I mean, unfortunately, like I said, it, it didn't work out and, it kind of like ended up falling apart a little bit, but you know, sometimes stuff just happens. But um, like I always say, like I always believe that every little piece of like gym where I went and trained, like had a part of my journey. And even if it didn't work out how I wanted it to, or like, I, I don't train there anymore. Like it's still like, I don't regret it, you know? And then after the stuff fell through there, like we had helped like kind of start up the other gym where we're at um with like rick and uh eric herbert and stuff who are awesome people and you know unfortunately it just that it got to a point there too where we just weren't happy you know things just didn't work out you know they always say like not to sometimes like go in business with your friends and like i think we both kind of understood that once we like kind of like did that and went that route um because unfortunately sometimes when it doesn't work out it's kind of really shitty. Like, were you oh, guys sorry. investors? Then? No, we didn't. Oh, okay, okay. Just, no, just we, working for them. I gotcha. Yeah, no, we originally wanted to, but unfortunately, they had like another plan, and they already had like their group that wanted to do that, so it really wasn't available to us at that point, unfortunately. But you know, we we were still friends. We still respected them. You know, we should have talked with me. Build something. <laughs> sorry, we didn't know that was an option. You know. <laughs> but um you know it just like didn't work out and unfortunately sometimes like when there are friendships involved and stuff like it makes it a little bit more of like a messier split especially like when people aren't getting along and aren't seeing eye to eye or people feel taken advantage of or whatever the case may be you know it's never fun so that was probably like one of the toughest ones like i would say like to kind of like leave but I'm happy I did. Honestly, like, I'm very happy where I'm at right now. Like, I, I get treated really well. I have a lot of really good opportunities. And I think the, my favorite part about it is I get to train with some of my old training partners that had been there since day one that were like closest friends of mine. Like, I get to train with Pedro again and Big John and Lombardo and Kenny and like Joao. And like, it was just kind of like, the cool thing about there is like, it's weird that how like weird, like full circle, everything came because we all had started off at the same place and kind of split and went to different schools. And then now we've all kind of ended up in the same place again. And it's, 
it's really wonderful to like kind of grow those friendships back too and like make them strong and like just being able to enjoy it and like dude there's just so many tough people there <laughs> like they're they're just good and it's awesome to get to learn from Eduardo and have the opportunity to teach there and it's nice too because now I get to teach and train which um is really important to me because as much as I love like teaching and coaching like I also really love training like and like you said, it's sometimes hard to be selfish and be like, you know what, like, I don't want to be like the teacher today. I just want to train and stuff like that. So the have the opportunity to do both is like, it's really nice. And like I said, it's, it's never really easy to leave gyms. And even when people think it's like super easy, and I'm just like, oh, screw you and just like leave. It's never like, because no matter what, and like how good of terms you try to leave it, somebody's feelings are going to get hurt. There's going to be friends that you leave behind. It's it's never going to be like a perfect scenario most times. Like, do I regret leaving any of them? Like, no, I think I did what was best for me. And to like, like I said, it was all kind of a part of like the bigger journey to where I'm at. And like, I think sometimes like, you just have to do what's best for you and like search of your own happiness. Like you only get one life. <laughs> I, uh, there's a group of like your group of people went from gym to gym to gym and gym for a while, not all at the same time, but it was like be all the competitors that left together. You know, I wonder, I'm really interested to see what happens in the future. And I'm thinking like six, seven years when everyone's like pretty much done competing, like what the, what the landscape looks like. Uh, I wonder if we're going to be as competitive, like opening our own gyms or, or how it's going to play out. Like it's uh, interesting to see maybe they all, uh, congregate in one gym like i'm i'm excited for the future there's so many cool things that can happen and i just want to shout yeah. out lumber city that's one of the gyms that you stopped mm -hmm. at and say their name uh make sure that oh, i thought i did I'm yeah sorry i sure thought plugging every gym equally so lumber city yeah. like awesome stop for them good place uh i love eric herbert to death he's the mm -hmm. only reason i went to wny and like i never regret that decision either like i'll follow eric herbert to the end of the earth even though like kind of like rivals right now but anyone like you can't go wrong training with eric herbert for sure no he's great honestly like i before like i left there like i literally had a two-hour conversation with him on the phone um he was honestly one of the most down-to-earth like reasonable people i've ever like came across in the jiu-jitsu community like he's just very honest very like forthcoming like like I said, no, no split or leaving is ever like perfect and easy, but, um, yeah, no, I definitely like still love all those guys and everybody that trains there, you know, I don't have any ill will towards like anybody as far as like any of the gyms I've ever been at. Like I'm very easygoing. Like I want to see everybody succeed. Like I don't want to see anybody like fail or anything. Like even if we're on our own paths and journeys, like and like we're still like like you said competitors you know um i still want everybody to do well like in a perfect world <laughs> i want all the gyms to do others well. man if we get if we spread the word jiu-jitsu there's enough people to go to every gym and my favorite gym uh that i ever trained at was buffalo bjj back in the day okay. we had like kevin was fighting keith was fighting josh was there larry was there uh, we had like a lot of the local the guys that are black belts have their own school. We're in and out there, and Antonio was in and out there. Um, 
there was a lot of great jujitsu going on. Everyone in the area owes um, Chuck Anzalone, Professor Anzalone. Like he's the one that brought jujitsu here, and we all uh, went through him just like we talked about on Josh's podcast yesterday. And um, like when Crew Shaw was there, and we were all worked together, we had that family atmosphere. And um, when you have that in a gym, it's like the most amazing feeling. Like you go there every day, you want to be energized, and everyone's looking out for everyone. And I don't know what happens that changes that. And I would say if you're feeling like Ashley is feeling, you should probably maybe start looking at another gym, try other places. But what do you think causes that? Why why does that fall um, apart? I think a lot of it is honestly is like difference of personalities, you know. There it's the same thing as like when you meet people, not everybody's gonna be your friend, you know. Even if you want to be friends with everybody, like I think a lot of it is just different personalities, especially like doing something like jujitsu or any kind of like combat sport i feel like different personalities and there's a lot of different factors of like egos and like ideas and stuff like that and i think that too is like the longer you do it everybody has an idea of like how they think like things should be or how they wish things could be and i think too um what kind of changes it a little bit now is like everybody like kind of can see everything's a little bit more open now and like you can go train in a different gym with your friend and stuff and see how things that is like things are there and i think like now that people have an opportunity to like kind of see a little bit more i think sometimes like you're just going to realize as much as you may like like the place that you're at sometimes i think like you just realize that maybe you're going to be a better fit somewhere else or maybe they have more of what you're looking for there, you know? Like I said, there's always a million and one reasons for people to leave gyms. It's it's always hard to pinpoint. I would definitely say, like, differences of personalities and opinions is probably number one. Um, I would definitely say, too, like, treatment of students and stuff like that. Like, because, like I said, ultimately it is a business and people are paying for a product. And if they're not happy with that product there's going to be no reason for them to say stay really like i wouldn't keep going to the re same restaurant even though it's like what's comfortable for me if i got like food poisoning there and like got sick off their food like i wouldn't pay to keep going there and get sick you know it's just like the same thing as like as much as like you want to make it like a family and it should be you know i think sometimes like it just falls apart like because you're going to have the people that are just really more business oriented that just want to run it like a business and then you're going to have some gym owners that are doing it just because they love the sport and they like they care you know it's just like about finding the place that's right for you and plus like like i said some people leave for like very serious reasons like we talked about earlier some people have things that happen to them or there's like falling out friend friendship falling outs is a big one too like i said um like that's kind of like what split, that that splits people too like when uh two popular people at gym split up and one of them leaves and other people leave with them that happens quite a bit too yeah but i mean uh more talking about the family atmosphere i'm just trying to get to the bottom of myself because I'm, I'm i feel like i have a really family atmosphere at the gym now and i don't want to lose it you know and yeah. i remember that time at buffalo bjj and like everyone was there and we all looked out for each other and then it changed 
and that's yeah that's when i uh that's when i started training more at victory and then when victory and chuck split then i split with eric you know like i mm-hmm. eric was always there for me so i went down and then like victory felt like family and then you know like with fighting it's a little bit different than jiu-jitsu that people change because they get beat up like as much as we don't want to say it like personalities change from get hit and beaten like oh 100 yeah thing. and um like and jujitsu like people last longer you know like it's it's just a more friendly atmosphere too and uh like wny was super friendly for a while and then it was like real businessy and that was real friendly and then by the end like like i was teaching a lot and it was a little bit less fun you know because i was doing a lot of teaching and coaching and like it's tough because you can't really do things your own way and then dubs always said you know, if you want to do things your own way you should start your own place and i was like I should start my own place, you know, and then yeah, that's what well, I did. I think I, that's go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry, sorry, I thought you were done. I didn't mean no, to. No, I was gonna say I, that's I, uh, I, one of the things I appreciate. I am now I'm completely done. Your turn, <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, I think that's like one of the biggest things of reasons why like people leave gyms, like, is like everybody wants to feel appreciated, you know. I'm not saying like I have to feel like the most important person at the gym because I'm not, like, I think that like the new white belts coming in are just as important as me. Like, I don't see myself as more important than anybody at the gym, but everybody wants to feel like appreciated at least and like cared for, you know? I'm not saying you have to like go above and beyond for people, but especially like, like you said, it becomes a little bit more complicated when you're taking on like teaching and coaching roles is you wanna feel like you're fairly compensated. You wanna feel like you're appreciated and like you have a say in it and I mean, that's like kind of like I said, what happened at the last place is like, you know, as much as we were friends with those people and like we cared about them, like when you don't feel like you're hurt or appreciated as much and like there's just a difference of personalities and opinions, but we can't really do anything about it. And it's not really our say at this point, it just wasn't right for us. You know, at this point, we just wanted something different, you know, and we had a vision of like how we wanted things to be that was just different than theirs. Mm-hmm. I understand that too. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not really at that road yet, but I'm sure I'll be at that mm-hmm. road someday too. And then you have to decide, like, like you started a place to do it your way. How much do you really want to give this person? And then like when your students, like, like this teacher, if that teacher leaves or all your students going to leave, you know, so then it becomes like a business decision too. And then, you know, like obviously anything that's a business decision, like are you fairly compensated for your time and that all comes mm-hmm. down to it too and you know like let's be honest most people don't compensate coaches for all the time and energy they put in but to be fair most gyms don't have the money to compensate that way either so it, it's like always you know it's always at that that line that you're at yeah And it's not even like, I I think sometimes like people always like think it's always like about money, but it's not even always about money. I think like, like I said, ultimately people just want to feel like appreciated and stuff like that and supported. Mm -hmm. I think being supported and like, I think that's where people like, and like why people leave sometimes like, like I left the first gym because I felt like I wasn't always supported. And like, like I said, I never, it was like how we were talking about earlier where you felt like that people didn't take you seriously and that you weren't as supported as like other teammates and like weren't as important and stuff like that. And that was like a huge thing for me. I never really felt like I had a lot of people, like I had a select few people 
that I always felt like I can count on that were like there for me and like supportive and like made me feel like part of a team. But when you don't feel like part of the team and you just feel like kind of like the oddball out all the time, you know, I think it just like wears on people. It's not necessarily always about being compensated like money wise. You just like want to like have some kind of either say or I don't know how to word it, but you just want to feel like like you belong, you know, like you said, like you're uh, like you're valued. Yeah, like, valued. Uh, That's the valued, word. Like you're valued by by uh by the owner, and like sometimes it, I'm gonna say most of the owners are not very empathetic people. So mm-hmm. I think I think we struggle with like the right way to connect with people because we're not like psychologists. We're not like most of us aren't like had an idea how to run a business we're like oh we like to choke people oh all of a sudden i have a gym like oh i better figure this shit out pretty quick you know and like it it's it's tough i want to make sure i don't fuck up like everyone else well no but i honestly i think a lot of it is like the fact that you care enough to not want to like fuck up like everybody else i think like shows that like you actually do care and that you show initiative i think that's honestly like the biggest like thing like about like is like just the awareness like there's human error nobody is perfect but if you're like at least aware of like your fuck ups or try to make up for it or try to like be better then that's half the battle and i think people respect that like at least me i know i respect that like i don't expect any to be perfect but i just expect people to own up for their shit and to just be respectful and kind people like it's very like minimal, you know, like we're all human, like we're all going to fuck up and not be the best people all the time, but it's about being better than you were and learning from your mistakes and just trying to be a better overall person. I don't know if I can be a better person. What? Do you say you don't know if you can be a better person? I like to hurt people too much to be a good person, I think. I think you're a pretty good person, though. Like, uh, I I will say that, like, even, like, when I first met you, like, you always, like, made me feel welcome. Like, I always say you're you're my favorite hype person because nobody <laughs> else is going to, like, hype me up as much as you ever will. Like, but, like, that's how you are, though. And, like, that's your personality. And that's why, like, people gravitate toward you. You're really approachable. Like, you're down to earth. And, like, yeah, you probably may have not been perfect all the time. but the fact that you just want to not mess up your gym and want to have a successful place, like you're going to put that effort into it because you want to see it succeed. Is it always going to go the way you want it to? Probably not, but you know, changes happen and you'll evolve with the changes and sometimes it's going to be for the better. And sometimes it's going to be for the worse. I mean, it's like one of those things you never really know. And I think that's, what's tough. Like I don't own a jujitsu business, but like Mike and I have talked about possibly like before, like, wanting to open up a place but there's so many moving parts like you said like you can get into it like having the right ideas and like want to run it certain ways but sometimes that's not going to work out business-wise and sometimes things that are smart business-wise are not going to make everybody happy so it's always kind of like weighing the options of what's best yeah, it's like the the pressure sales versus like God, uh, no contract. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into. There's so many business decisions to make, 
And the thing is, like, after a while, like, are you going to get burned out? And then, like, are you really going to care what people think? You're like, all right, I'm making that money, you know? Like, and that that's always a struggle I run into. So hopefully I don't mess it up too bad. I think you'll do good. I believe yeah. in you. I'm working I'll be on like it. you're a little hype woman. Yeah, all right. I love it. I love it to death. Um, before we get out of here, I want to turn over the floor to you. I know you got a new ladies program coming on, and I'm always supportive of women's programs. So I want you to plug your program. I plug your shit oh. out of it, too. Let's go. Oh, man. I think that's always the toughest part. I'm I'm always, like, hard to self-promote myself. Like, like I said, even when you were like, oh, when everybody was like, women's first, like, or like the first area of female black belt. I was just like, so like nervous about it. I'm not really good with like all the attention on me, but no. Um, so I teach a women's only program um, at SPAR Mondays and Wednesday nights at 7.30. Um, you don't necessarily need a gi when you first start, but I mean, eventually, like I would like everybody to have, <laughs> you always like interrupts. Every, yeah, every time. But, that is um, the truth. He told me his name was Jeff. Yeah. Oh, jeez. But um, no, like, I mean, it's been like anytime starting any women's program in jiu-jitsu, it's always difficult, you know. And I get it. Like, like I said, jiu-jitsu is a very physical thing, and um, I didn't always necessarily understand until like the further along I got in talking to more females. Um the need for women's only classes or like why some women don't want to. I mean, there's a lot of women that have like trauma history and things that happen to them that make them more uncomfortable. So I totally get it. And my goal as like a female instructor is just to kind of have that safe space for women to come and train who want to learn jujitsu for whatever reason, like they can want to learn it just to get in better shape. They can learn it for self-defense, like, they could just think it's fun and maybe think they want to be doing this for long term, like whatever reason. But I just think it's really awesome for women to learn it. I think it's so beneficial in so many ways. Like, honestly, like if you were to ask white belt Ashley, if she was ever going to be a black belt, I would have probably told you no. Like I didn't even think I was going to make it to purple belt. Like to me back then, purple belt was like almost getting to like black belt. Like, and then once I made it to there, like, I think, doing something that's as difficult as jujitsu, it's like so empowering for, especially like for a female, like I never imagined that my body was capable of doing the things that I can do now. It's, it's really like boosted my confidence. Like it's helped me in so many other ways. Like it's helped me with my mental health, like dealing with my anxiety and stuff like that. Like there's so many other benefits than just like the physical benefits that most people think. I love the sound of that. And you, you're at SPAR. Yeah. When you study program, you got to tell them where to go, you know, like the whole thing. Oh, damn. I'm doing this all wrong. Yeah, I know. I did tell them what days and time it was, but no, I'm at SPAR um, Self-Defense. We are located on Transit Road, um, kind of right outside the Eastern Hills Mall a little bit, um, next to the Ninja Warrior place, um, which also looks amazing. Um, but, um, that's where we're located. I cannot remember the exact address. They're probably going to kill me, but, um, I, I forget mine yeah, all the time. Yeah. I mean, but like I said, we're on transit road right outside the Eastern Hills mall. Um, 
feel free to even like hit me up on social media or even Mike, like either one of us, like my um, Instagram name is Jiu-Jitsu and Cats because I'm obsessed with cats. I am a proud cat mom of five rescue cats. Um, so if you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Like I'm usually will answer them as quickly as I can, usually within like a 24 hour period, as long as nothing crazy is going on. But um, yeah, we would definitely love to have you. Um, even guys, like if you're like in that area and thinking about trying jujitsu, like I said, Mike runs the fundamental, well, Mike and another guy, Sean there run a fundamentals program um, during the week. And I'm going to run my head while you're talking. <laughs> I just now saw it going back there. I mean, but so like I said, I'm like definitely like an unbiased person. Like if somebody were to come to me and tell me that they lived all the way out, like in North Tonawanda or like lived out in Wheatfield or something, and it's just not feasible for them to come. Like, like I said, I will always direct people in like a place where I feel like it's good for them. Like, I always think it's important to hype up your friends and like I always am supportive of my friends like I consider you a friend so like I always will like hype up your gym and like support your gym the same with like like I said I have friends that train in Rochester and Pittsburgh and like I wear their gym stuff like I hype them up I always like refer people to them like even if we're not training together like I still have friends in other places and like I want to see them succeed just as much as I would like to succeed and sometimes people are just going to be better fit at other places and that's fine. I love that. I would always send people your, you and Mike's way. Um, if you don't know how to get to spar, you just put spar in your GPS and it'll take you there. You don't need to know the address. Like, geez, was the 2003. I know. Like, if I know. You don't like, need you that address. Find just, anything. Um, just need to make sure that they know they're going to spar so they can put in a spar and then they can drive there. It's very easy to find. It's not that hard. Um, you can't do better than Ashley. Um, so I didn't want to pump Ashley up too much earlier before like want to make sure she's calm and like gets into the, the interview well. But she is very knowledgeable in jujitsu. And when I first started jujitsu, I didn't really respect um the kind of person, the kind of jujitsu practitioner you are. You know, I used to like, no, she's one of those tricky people, it doesn't really matter. She doesn't like to work out real hard, right? Like it was like I was like a real me head. I'm kind of still like that, but now I, I my thought process is better at least, even though my jujitsu is not. I um <laughs> I truly respect people that have a deep and fundamental knowledge of jujitsu, and I think as a teacher, that's one of the most important things. It doesn't matter what you were as a practitioner, what anyone is as a practitioner. I don't mean to like I um, address it to you. I just I'm speaking as a single person. Um, oh, what matters is, is how you can teach, you know, and as mm -hmm. a teacher, all that matters is how you teach. And Ashley knows a lot of jujitsu and Ashley and Mike talk about jujitsu all the time. I listen to them and they're always like going over new stuff. You cannot find a better person to learn from in a woman's program than Ashley. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I wouldn't sell that. Like I have my own woman's program and like, I think women's programs are really important. So I want to make sure that we get as many women to jiu-jitsu as we can and if you are thinking about trying jiu-jitsu or you're trying to get your girlfriend to go to jiu-jitsu but you're not sure you want her to go around a bunch of dudes go check out ashley's program for real thank you i really appreciate that like i said honestly like what's most important to me now is just being a good teacher and a good instructor and like it's super important to me to provide a safe space for women like i'm super protective over like the women that i teach now and coach and 
um I'm very approachable like I watch out like I even tell them like if you're ever uncomfortable like tell one of us like you know as much as we would love to be the eyes and ears all the time you know sometimes like you said we just don't know everything but believe that like I will handle it and take care of it in whatever way that I can um and like I said like I would love to have meet new women and have female training partners and it's it's a really good time like there's a lot of really good benefits to jiu-jitsu and I love it like I think a lot of other people would really be into it as long as they like just give it a try like I always tell people like give it more than just a couple days like give it a solid month at least um just go to a couple classes and you'll even see improvement from your first day to like that solid month you know it's not something you can just try I feel like in one or two days and get a whole feel for like give it like an actual chance I love it thank you very much for your time Ashley I appreciate you coming on thank you very much for having me I hope that we went over everything that you wanted to and I didn't sound too ridiculous or babble too much no just when you said Mike was nervous I don't believe that at all oh he was <laughs> I mean, I don't blame them. Pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys are both pretty amazing. I love you guys to death. Hopefully, I run into your Wegmans. All right, K Man's Corner, yeah. we are out.